Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 107. Uh, this is a great podcast. We had a lot of different topics, but focusing a lot on the latest research. Uh, there's definitely going to be some scandals in this one, right? Do, does full range of motion uh, make it more better uh, or better in any every way, shape, or form than restricted range of motion or doing half reps? What does that mean from a scientific perspective? Latest research just uh, released here recently uh, tells us the answer to range of motion, the most important, or really not in a dud? Is it just time under tension? We also talk about some of the gym bro science stuff. Um, you know, should children be wait, uh, doing resistance training? Uh, you know, should you should you be stretching or not stretching? Uh, we'll also be talking a little bit, a little bit about um, you know whether or not if you stop training does that turn to fat? So many different topics in this one, uh, but a lot of information, a lot of data to maximize your goals. Talk a little about some of the misnomers and misconceptions, the myths. Uh, and really break down to what's actual, what's real, so you can maximize your performance, your goals, and be successful. Tune in for this week's podcast. You know that there has had to have been some sacrifice, whether it's time or nutrition or whatever it is. Recording myself talking about having a relationship with my chest. <laughs> I'm Ben Kelly. I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Health Podcast. Yo, welcome back, everybody. Episode 107. Um, I have had the, the Twitterverse say that we need to keep the yo in, so we'll keep it. Um, we got the yo's. Yeah, yeah, we got the yo. What's going on, dude? Happy Wednesday. It is Wednesday, August 30th, but for our viewers, it will be next week. Um, it'll be September but, uh, in the future. Yeah, it'll be September. It'll be in the future. So we're actually talking to you from the past, not the future, but um, no, things are good, man. Um, I just got back from Houston. I had a business meeting out there and... Um, Looking sharp at your business meeting, dressed like a Thank you. So, so I found this guy that... Uh, uh, so I, I for, for those that, that don't know me personally, uh, I have a horrible sense of, of fashion. I would rather just wear cut-off t-shirts and gym shorts. In fact... Uh, we had an ISC squared uh, chapter meeting here, which is, you know, a lot of business folks that come here. We have all these different meeting events at the trust tech headquarters and um, everybody's in like, you know, polos and, you know, uh, kind of like half suits and things like that. And I came downstairs in literally gym shorts and a cutoff t-shirt, noble t-shirt uh, just to say hi to everybody. So, you know, that's how I prefer to roll. But I found this, uh, this guy that's awesome um, in the Cosmo. There's a clothing store in the Cosmo and uh, this guy, Anthony, um, dresses very well and uh i was with aaron and so we ended up uh buying a couple suits out there they tailored it for me and then shipped it out and i just, hey, it's funny because uh my, my meeting was was monday and fedex got delayed with the the shipping and it said it wasn't going to deliver till like monday night i'm like oh man i'm not gonna be able to wear my new suits but then it showed up saturday uh evening i was like oh sweet here we go but i didn't have time to clean it so it smelled like the cosmo which is like uh cigarettes and perfume <laughs> so i was like all right so i'm gonna have to cover this up uh pretty well so um, yeah, it was, uh, uh, a lot of fun, but, uh, good to get, get back in. All my training has been going, uh, really solid. Uh, the one other thing is, is Tesla just updated yesterday and it, uh, allowed full self-driving, which has been freaking me out, man. I think it's insane and insane, insanely cool. Uh, I literally just drove to work and I said, him hey, going to work and it backed me out of my garage, closed my garage door and drove me to work without me touching it once, which is freaking crazy. So, 
Um, we are living in the right future, now. dude. That is that's right. Next, that future. is next level. Like I said, Matt, Matt got his Tesla last week, and he's like, "And I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this." And I'm like, "I, I do not need this. Like, I do not need you to sell me a Tesla. Like, I'm, I would, I'm in whatever way I'm in." But uh, no, I mean, it sounds cool. Even from from, I don't think he has the same updates. We don't, we're we're there yet over here. But are you um, doing? How am I doing? Yeah. Uh, I'm doing good. Um, I'm a bit like backwards on my training days, so please don't shout at me. But I know you're backwards on your training days too. But uh, no, things are good, dude. I have lost weight this week eating my 2,800 calories. So, I mean, I know what that means. Um, but no, things are good, dude. Like, more calorie deficit. You're gonna, I'm going to put you down <laughs> at 1,800 calories. The, the goal is to, 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 um, to uh, sabotage you so that I become <laughs> out of this bigger and you're smaller. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's not working. <laughs> why, am I, why am I getting smaller? I don't understand. <laughs> um, no, but things are good. Um, as I, I actually the session that I did on Monday, as I text you, like I, I almost, I don't want to say forgot, but I was reminded of what it feels like to train whenever you are on those high calories. Obviously I've really been on a surplus, like a planned surplus for, for a long time. So felt really, really good in the gym. Felt like, full like solid um whenever i was training so it was good to feel that and it sort of made me excited for what's to come because obviously we're still you know, super early on in the in the process but yeah no things are good on this end um just actually getting ready to i'm prepping my talk for matt's event next week um which i think is going to be cool he wants me to talk in front of i think there's maybe 50 coaches um going to be this so that'll be fun um so that's what i've got going on at the minute and then obviously getting caught up with onboarding new clients, sending out welcome packs and doing all their bits and pieces. So yeah, things are good on this end. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, uh, you're going to be uh, busy for the next few weeks, huh? Uh, yeah, but that's good. It's good to be busy. I mean, I would rather be busy working than, than not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I will say um, I uh, uh, blacked out deadlifting yesterday. You definitely that was also did. Amazing. You, def- you yeah. definitely did. Proper. Yeah, I definitely blacked out. Yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, as, I, as I'm lifting, because I, I just, you know, I, I like to interchange um, squats and deadlifts. So I do legs twice a week. We both do legs twice a week. And um, so sun, uh, Saturday was my heavy uh, deadlift day. And I PR'd, by the way. So I did uh, 545 conventional, which I'm now fully converted over to conventional deadlifts. Good. So people can stop giving me shit for doing sumo. Um, but, uh, and I don't care anyway. Um, you know, and then, uh, but, uh, but this, this, uh, yesterday I was uh, doing legs and I was doing only, I was only doing 525 and I'd already done oh, heavy squats. So I did 585 yeah. squats and, uh, I was pretty, 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 you know, tired after that point. But I, I did the 525 and I got like halfway up and I was like, oh no, here we go. And all the, all the lights started dimming. So I dropped it really quick and took a knee and then I basically just kind of fell to the ground. And so it was, it was, that only happens a few times, but it is actually normal for those that, that are listening, uh, you know, blood rushing to the head and then a mass exodus can cause that. And, uh, it's not harmful in any way. It's obviously harmful if you pass out and like hit your head on something. Uh, so you gotta you be need very careful some sort that, of but... like either like uh, emotional support dog that can alert somebody if something <laughs> bad happens or like a robot that can like, you need like some sort of AI robot to know that you're okay. Well, you know, listen, you, we do have the agreement that if either one of us dies lifting, um, we fly, we don't say anything to anybody because you're already dead at that point. We fly to that person's house and we put 10 times the amount of weight that was supposed to be on there, that, that was on there, that is now on there, and then call the, call the, call the, uh, the police. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. fair. Yeah. But uh, no, it's been a bit of a solid week. Um, you know, training's been actually really good. The surplus has been awesome and my weight's kind of stabilized. So when I, um, between Vegas and 
uh, I had a, um, a, a vacation in, in DC and the travel, you know, I kind of stopped counting calories in the sense of, of being still focused on protein, but kind of eating whatever I wanted to. And I gained like 10 pounds within like three and a half weeks. So I was at like two 36 and 235 i was like damn i'm gonna get to 250 in like a month uh so obviously completed not, it not, ready for ready yeah, right, for a ton eight month cut down to a month but uh but uh it was good because uh you know i got right you know right back on consistency again and uh, i'm uh, sitting at 231 today so normalized the balance of the weight and it you know, did lose a bit of pounds which which is good because you know you don't want to be packing on that much weight in a bulk cycle uh you want to be balancing that with muscle which you know, again, our bodies, you know, produce one to two pounds of, of muscle per month on a maximum, you know, like those are conditions are all perfect. Uh, you're gaining one to two pounds a month. So, you know, uh, having gained 10 pounds in a month is not, not muscle. Not, uh, not optimal. It is not I, uh, great. This morning I was 215. So I have a, a much greater oh, wow. distance to go from you to 240. We should, we should like, um, try to converge so i'll just try to lose and we'll hit the same spot and then we're supposed to be you <laughs> we know just we can look at a trajectory and see like what date yeah. are we gonna match what day are we gonna match yeah 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 <laughs> or else we could do it though, i mean if, if we really do it if we want to both be at sort of 240 or 250 by april we just need to know how many more calories that i need to consume than you and we can just work backwards from that that's, easy enough to do. <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's just math it's just math and science it's math and science math and science and and <laughs> but um i will say uh you know I, i'm very happy with so like if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, the I, we ben, both Ben and I have been on a, a deficit for a little bit to kind of get a decent looking physique, you know, while we're out in Vegas and while we're on vacation and in the summertime, which is you know kind of a nice ebbs and flows, right? So in the wintertime, you know, become a grizzly bear, uh, you know, eat as much food as you need to 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 gain weight and to, to pack the muscles on and kind of shave it on a deficit. And so uh, I, I liked how I felt. But when you're in a deficit for that long, you know, everything from your strength uh, doesn't really substantially increase. It's, it's a much slower process. The amount of energy you have, especially to um, exert during a workout period, you really have to time your carbohydrates and food right to get that level of energy that you need. So there's a lot of variables that play into deficits on, on what you can accomplish. And it's been nice to be, you know, on a slight surplus because uh, I've noticed that, you know, my strength has definitely gone up. I'm hitting PRs again. Uh, you know, I'm having a lot more energy uh, in the gym. And the problem now I have is that I just don't want to leave the gym. So like, I'll be in there for like three hours. And, and Aaron's like, are you still in the gym? It's like noon. And you were there since like six in the morning. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, uh, just, just, just a half an hour. Like, don't rush me. Don't rush me. But, um, you know, so I, I do like the deficit. Uh, or I, do like, I do like the surplus uh, quite a bit. And I'll tell you the check-in photos uh, today that I'll send. Uh, very happy with that, you know, can still see visible abs, but one thing that I'm really starting to notice a change in uh, is my quads. Uh, I'm actually starting to see my quads start to grow pretty substantially. Um, and that's been amazing to see. Like my quads have been one of my more difficult muscles, uh, I think, to grow because it's just so much volume you have to continuously add into that, right? And so and if you're looking at building quads, you know, upper body, if you look at, you know, the size of your muscles, right? Bicep, very small muscle group, right? So when you add a pound onto whoa, whoa, that. Whoa, I've got small biceps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking in general, they're a small oh, okay, muscle okay, group. Okay. Um, you know, traps, same thing, chest, yeah. you know, they're from a volume perspective, your quads are one of your largest muscles in your body. And, uh, you know, to develop and to build those and to grow those, um, takes just a long time, a lot of progress. Same thing for uh back, by the way, back takes a long time, uh, to, to build out. And so, um, being able to start to see some of the, the progress in the quads and like, you know, you can see when I'm doing like the hack squats, the separation 
you know, of the quadricep and the hamstrings and the glutes and kind of how it's all coming together. Um, really cool. So I'm very happy with, with checking photos and, uh, you know, weight's still at a good nominal level. Energy's a good level. Um, excited about it. I want to talk about the check-in because you delivered your first check-in feedback last week and I did my first check-in with you. What a fucking yeah. weird experience that was for me. Yeah, yeah. I you felt must so have done yours back-to-back as well. Like you must have, I don't know whether you did my check-in feedback first and then your check-in, but you must have done them back-to-back. But I will say that you did a very good job. You delivered it well. You gave me the sort of positive reinforcement and told me what we needed to work on and then move forward. So it was it was good job on on your first check-in feedback. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to this one as well. And then we're going to start doing the, uh, I think we should start doing the, uh, the, the rate who won, uh, you know, the week, um, based off of that. So we'll submit, you know, the stats from each one and everybody can kind of judge, you know, who won that week. And we'll have like a little voting, you know, thing, uh, Ben hat, uh, Ben, but uh, emoji what, I wanna, what I want to know is number one, um, I don't know how you've managed to turn you coaching me into a competition. Number two, <laughs> you're also, you're also going to be in control, in control of it. So I'm going to have absolutely no idea, like whether I've actually won or not. So you're like, oh, yeah, Dave won again this week. I'm like, oh, right. Okay. What the fuck? I will play fair. I'm not going to cheat. Um, you know, I have both best interests in that, and I do. <laughs> genuinely want to beat you uh in this so i mean you know in a legit way so <laughs> okay so um, what what is beating me what does beating me look like well so what'll happen is you know this is what i'm thinking and, and totally up for interpretation but my goal is is that um you know we would submit our our you know a modified or or um short check-in video for that week um and we'd uh show the stats for that week and if we're comfortable progress photos i think would be a good one um, i'm not sure if we'll do that or not but it's 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 up to you. Um, I don't. I'm mind. comfortable at the minute, but maybe in like three or four months. Time. I was say like <laughs> you're getting a little more bulky. I'm grizzly bear. I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe not. But uh, but then and then and then we'd have in this separate channel. You could. Uh, I'll put a each week. I'll put a um, new vote up uh, for who wants to vote for that week, and then whoever Either gets the most. Son, son had son had Dave emoji or the yeah, son had Dave, Dave emoji and and Ben emoji, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, um, and then, and then we'll vote and see who, who ends up winning that week of, of the progress and who put the most amount of effort into, uh, their, uh, you know, check-in in their, their week. Uh, and then we'll go from there. So if you miss one, obviously that's going to be a negative. If uh, you don't hit your steps, that's a negative. You go over your calories. That's a negative. Um, if you talk too much shit on the podcast, that's a negative, you know? So, you know, it's, it's, it'll be, it'll be a good, good competition between the two of us. And, and that's fun. I like, I love the gamification stuff. Uh, I think that's, that's really good to, to keep things moving. Right. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree for sure, for sure. One last thing I want to touch on before we get into it. Obviously, I've got the Belfast event. You haven't confirmed whether you're coming or not. You don't need to tell me now live in the podcast, but um, I had the call with everybody on Monday. And ironically enough, this has probably been the most difficult one to coordinate. And obviously, it's here. It seems to be much easier to coordinate things US based. Um, but I, I messaged Helmy on Monday morning. Helmy's going to come down and help me coach. And uh, maybe a bit backwards, but I was like, you know, what do you want? my clients to get from you coaching them, not like what I want from him to be there. And I'll quote what he said. Um, and it, it made me excited for it. It made me excited for me to what, what that will provide for them. Yeah. Um, he said, I want my impact is change their intent around training. Think more, be more present. Think beyond two dimensional training, training, change their thought process for them to walk into the gym with a different intention than they did when they originally came to Belfast. That to me, like, You've met Helmy, so you'll understand that a bit more. I think that you can look at him and have a sort of thought about what type of person he is. But whenever you get to meet him in person and, and have an understanding of what he's actually like in real life, I think that I'm excited 
for everybody who's coming into Belfast to experience that side of Helmy as well. So that's the other thing I'd be doing is plan like the Belfast event, the amount of protein bars and treats and protein shakes that I have in the kitchen is definitely enough to keep us cool. That's awesome. I mean, dude, uh, Helmy is uh, a big boy. Is a big boy, but but he's also you know like like anything, um, anything like your, your your preconceived notions of somebody when you first meet them. I mean, he's a, he's a teddy bear, right? Really mm-hmm. nice guy, super humble, um, funny. I mean, listening to freaking you know uh, Sydney Harper, yeah. you know share, <laughs> you know whatever during during workouts, and they, he's sitting there violently, you know deadlifting seven, 800 pounds while listening to, you know, beast, not beastie boys, but like backstreet boys, you know, it's just like, all right, man, like, like, who is this guy that I, that I had in my mind and my image. Uh, but you know, but that, I think that's what I like most about like this industry is that, uh, the, 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 the health and fitness industry is that most folks that, you know, look like that are just the most humble yeah. people that want to help, um, and, and explain how they've progressed uh, and how they've, uh, you know, change their lives and how they've been able to accomplish what they've done and, and be able to share that knowledge. And Helmy is such a uh, humble guy. I mean, I, it was so cool to be able to drive with him and hang out with him, all that good stuff. So even um, when we met, um, Jared feather, um, the guy that we met in, in dragon fair, the day that I saw him the day after the day after, I think in torture gym in Vegas, um, Randy was sitting beside me and like he's a big fucking dude. And Randy was like, you're a big dude. And he was like, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you know, but you know, I find what, what you guys do more impressive. And I thought like how humble of him to say that, you know, I, I don't want to say it's easy for him, but that's obviously his life, but he recognizes that people that it's not their life who are making the effort to change and sort of overcome the challenges that that is potentially more difficult. So exactly like you're saying, you know, they, they are nice polite people willing to share information and you know it's it's cool to sort of see that and not have that you know i guess stereotype in your head yeah i mean you know when you see a big person you're like oh that person's gonna be you know like a ego maybe like a, a jock or you know uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever but you know it, it's it's cool i mean i think those those preconceived notions um are uh fine you know because i there, there is a lot of bad ones you know out there uh but at the same time i mean you you have so many so many amazing people that i've been able to meet um, that you, you know, you surrounded yourself with as well. And, uh, people that are just really great, uh, humble people that, you know, are just trying to help other people out too. So how many is going to be some great, your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, uh, you know, basically being part of your tribe. Yep. For sure. Yep. Yep. Right. Will we get into it? So, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, thank you for all of the unsolicited feedback that I got for my, my lifts the other last week. Again, I, I got to put the advice text, uh, out, I think like five or six times. And these people are, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand, like, what I think in your head is, where you're like, this is now a regular segment of the podcast of like five minutes of Dave ranting about people giving him answers. Like, I just don't get it. Like, it just drives me nuts. Like, one guy's like, hey, you know, it looks like you were struggling with that. Maybe you should do like half squats, you know, for like six months. And then that's going to, I'm like, dude, I just PR'd on that. Like, of course it's going to be heavy for me. Like, I'm moving up in, in volume. And, like, it doesn't make any sense what you're saying. Why would I switch? I, I just don't get it. Just don't get it. And he was like, he's like, well, then, you know, she also look at maybe doing, um, it's like jump squats. I'm like, no, I, I'm not I'm just, yeah, hold on. I'll do uh, 500 pound jump squats here. Let me see how many of those. Yeah. Let me see, let me see your video of you doing. And then one guy was like, Hey, um, I deadlifted six Oh five when I was in college. The guy's like 50 now. He's like, so I recommend this. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Like you got a video of you doing it when you're in college? Well, no. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm like, here's, here's the advice that, that TXT, you know, I just listen. <laughs> I, I appreciate that people want to always like opine and help others out. That's, that's not what I'm, I'm saying here. Right. But 
you know, the advice that you're giving people has no contextual background of the person, what they're struggling with, what they have struggled with. Do they have a trainer? You know, all of these variables that come in. And so when you get this advice, this is again, I apologize for guys. I think I've said this every single podcast for a couple of days, but um, you know, when you give advice, you know, you're going to confuse the living hell of that person. And most of the time it's going to be bad advice. And some of these advices are crazy. Like, you know, like uh, someone had asked me, you know, and this is actually a legit question, you know, why don't I do, um, you know, lower back squats, you know, versus, uh, you know, bar- barbell back squats versus um, high. And I just said, because I don't want to kill my back. That is my biggest concern. Uh, you know, you, you know, my, my erectors and everything else. I just want to be able to focus on my back being a stabilization effort me focusing on my legs. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just cool when you do lower. I'm like, well, okay. Like, th- it's, cool. It, no, it's, it's cool. Like, okay. It's cool. All right. It's just like conventional versus sumo. Like, why are you doing sumo? Well, because I like doing sumo. Cool. You know, fantastic. It doesn't matter. So anyways, I, I, I get off my, my, my high horse, but what we're talking about today, and this is actually parlays into exactly what we're talking about right here, which is, um, so I had done some really good uh, squats. You know, I did 400, uh, 405 or so, uh, really deep, you know, really solid. Did 425, 455, all good and solid. And I did 485 once. And, you know, this is 45. It's a lot of weight that I'm putting on there. I'm very uncomfortable at that weight at this point. I haven't felt it yet. I don't know what I can do, what I'm capable of, right? Can, and I, so, can I, I give you some form feedback? 100%. Not necessarily on your form, but I would feel more comfortable if you adjusted the safety straps whenever you're doing those squats, just in case. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, so they're a, bit, a little bit too low is what you're saying? They're a little bit too low, yeah. Okay, no problem. Not, not okay. your form. The setup yeah. more than anything else. Just, yeah. like, just in case. Well, I mean, we're pushing this weight. I mean, if I'm failing, I need to do it safely, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 100% agree. That's a good, good suggestion. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. I, I will take your form feedback. <laughs> Any form feedback that you ever give me, it's, it's always allowed, <laughs> obviously. But, um, but with 485, you know, uh, you know, I got some people shitting on me because I didn't go all the way down doing a, a massive, you know, squat full depth. I'm like, I'm doing 45. It's the first time I'm feeling this weight, you know, since I've broken my ankle, I'm making sure I'm not going to die. Um, so let me get comfortable with the weight. First, you know, first that, part of call, don't die. Right. Don't die. I don't want to die. So, you know, um, but is that a good, is that even worth doing is the question. Okay. So the question is, is doing a squat that's three fourths the way there, uh, less valuable than doing a squat that is, you know, fully down, you know, as deep as you can get. And, you know, what we're taught um, and what everybody believes is that range of motion is the most important aspect, right, um, of, of movements. What's interesting is that there is some new research that came out, and this is out of the, uh, the International Journal of Strength and Conditioning, uh, which has done um, basically a, an article was published, Partial Versus Full Range of Motion Resistance Training, a uh, systematic review and meta-analysis. Um, and what they did is they they looked at um, muscle and hypertrophy growth and strength across um, their, their their participants. And what they were trying to do is determine, hey, does does full range of motion actually make a difference or is it really time under tension? And you will hear this from a lot of bodybuilders where bodybuilders are like, listen, do half reps. If you can't do full reps, and even Jeff Nipper did a, a, a video on this recently where you know he talked about doing half uh, bicep curls. Once you hit failure, just you know getting up this way, and so is it is it full range of motion or that that stretch that motion that generates the muscle hypertrophy strength, you know, et cetera, that we know both from the short and fast switch fibers, or is it the time under tension that makes the most um, effectiveness for muscle building and strength? Can and I turn give out, my can I give yeah. my input before we Absolutely. get into sure. it? Because I I don't want to say I, I don't want to know if I'm right, but I'll like how I think. 
Um, so you'll know this because we've done it and anybody who's been doing in-person session, for me, the biggest thing that I want to get across is active range of motion. Um, and the biggest thing that I'll say time and time again is getting strong in the muscle and not just getting strong in the movement. So actually being able to move the weight and contract the muscle properly for the most part. But if you come to the end of the set and you need to do partial reps or half reps or three quarter reps or quarter reps or whatever way you want to do it, in my opinion, there is a benefit to doing that because over time you will then that will become part of your active range. So looking at the difference between what the full range is, as in what your body's capable of moving versus the active range, as in where you can move and actually be in control. So for example, if I'm lying on a bench and I have dumbbells, I can bring them right down to here. It's like, I, that's my full range of motion, but I'm not able to activate my chest at that point. So for me, the active range is probably about there and I can contract my chest and come out of it. So for me, active range over full range and partial reps whenever you start to struggle towards the end. Listen, um, I, I think there's, there's, so there's, there's the science of this, right? But there's also what allows you to do this and, and proper form positioning and range of motion is important, right? Because I mean, that's how you feel muscle contraction. That's how, you know, when you're stretching the muscle and that's also how you prevent injuries, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're just doing half ranges and you have poor form, well, you're, you're probably gonna get injured. However, the thing is, let's just say you have good form and technique and you understand it does a half range of motion, i.e. only coming up a little bit on a bicep curl, not all the way up. So we're always taught go all the way up, keep your shoulders tucked in, go all the way up, right? Go all the way up. And, but does this half, if you're looking on the thing, it has half, does that have, which one is more beneficial? Well, it turns out that full range of motion provides extremely little benefits compared to partial range of motion. When I say extremely, it's like 0.002% difference uh, than full range of motion versus uh, you know half range of motion. Which I thought was kind of mind blowing because you know you listen to um, all of the different uh, you know folks like you got to do full range of motion to get the muscle hypertrophy growth and all this other stuff, right? Turns out it's just bro science again. You know, we again learn more that it's not full range of motion. There's no data to support that. And so what that means, though, and if you look, listen to a lot of bodybuilders, it's all about glycogen depletion and making your muscle fail, right? And so if you're doing bicep curls, right, and you always hear the rep ranges, you know, three to five, five to eight, five to ten. 10 to 15, 10 to 20, 10 to 30, whatever, 12 to 30. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter the range of, of, of those. It's a matter of getting your muscles as close to failure as possible. So if I'm coming up and I'm doing full range of motion, which is great in form and technique, but as I get up, I'm struggling to get those last reps, right? Well, start doing half reps, half reps, and get that last little bit of glycogen out, that time under tension in your muscles, creating that stress and strain on those muscles to be able to maximize your gains, that's what this 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 study is actually saying. But it's also saying, listen, if you don't do full range of motion and you only do half motion, your time under tension is greater in half motion than it is full range, you will see better benefits with that if your time under tension is increased more than full range of motion, or if they're exactly the same, your full range of motion is going to be 0.0002% uh, more effective. Nothing, minuscule. You're not going to notice a difference, right? So, you know, it's 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 just interesting to me. Now, I want to read this one statement here. So um, so when focusing on specific outcomes, such as muscle growth and strength gains, and this is oh, by the way from boxrocks.com uh, doing the analysis of the, the research paper that came out. Um, and these are direct quotes from the research uh, portion as well. Uh, when focusing on specific outcomes, such as muscle growth and strength gains, utilizing full range of motion demonstrated slight advantages 
furthermore, an intriguing finding emerged from the detailed analysis. Training with a restricted range of motion at longer muscle lengths might be more conductive to muscle growth compared to utilizing full range of motion. Notably, aligning the training ROM with the desired outcome ROM range of motion appeared to yield a superior strength improvement. So it's interesting how they're able to really um, piece this together and, and kind of throw out a lot of the bro science that, you know, we've been, been taught before in the past and, and the data, the science, the, you know, studying the body, we continuously learn more and more about these um, every single day. And so, you know, for me, yeah, I, 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 a lot of times would focus on that, you know, 10 to 12 range, but once I hit 12, I'm like, well, I still got more of me. So I'm just gonna keep going, but I would stop once I couldn't get up. Right. So if I, if I get, you know, this way and I'm, I'm struggling, I can't get up. I'd be like, okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm failed. Well, here I can hit my muscles a little bit more half range, keep going, you know, and, and get just a little bit more out of that workout, um, that I couldn't before, or, you know, from an injury perspective, this is a game changer, right? So, so if I'm doing, you know, shoulder presses, and this up here hurts, but here doesn't. Well, I could do half, you know, presses without injuring or agitating that specific muscle um, uh, group or leg extensions, leg curls, those types of things. Squats, for example, if my back is hurting when I get a certain position all the way down. And if I'm doing half squats, same effect, same exact effect as if you're not, right? Um, so these are just great uh, things to add to your arsenal to help you with both strength and, and size and growth. Um, of your muscles as you're going through and doing your training. I think just thinking through what you're saying there, you know, obviously we know that the strength profile of your muscle is different. So you will go from weak to strong to weak or vice versa or whatever. So obviously one part of the muscle is going to fatigue before the rest. So just you talking about the shoulder press there, obviously as you come past this point, you're going to be slightly weaker there. So working a little bit more through the bit where you're stronger to fatigue that a little more, it'll challenge that. Whereas if you don't do that, you're limited by where you're weakest. And so, you know, even from that perspective, it makes sense. Yep. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see like um, the training message that our training session that I do uh, today for push. Um, and this is a great example for um, my, and this is why I actually prefer machines over uh, dumbbells or um, barbells. And I know, again, this is sacrilege. Um, but, uh, you know, with, with machines, you can easily do, especially on like the incline press, chest press that I have, you know, you can easily do half range mm -hmm. uh, chest presses coming up and really smoke your, and your chest. And it feels uh, nice, especially on the oh, machine. Oh, like, great, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm going to definitely try to incorporate this a lot more into um, my training pr programs and routines just to get a little bit more um, bang for the buck and, and time in there. So I'm curious to see if I see any master results for it, but we'll see. I'll, so uh, I'll add at least 30 minutes onto your session now, because you're going to so, be doing partials so at the end of the session. and a half to four hours uh, now. Sorry, Aaron. Um, but uh, well, listen, I mean, we, our, our objective when we're doing this, people don't realize that, that most people, when they think failure, they're really not even close to being at yeah. failure. Right. Um, I mean, you literally should be violently shaking uh, if you're at failure. But our goal is we don't have to get to failure every time, but as close to failure as possible will yield the most results when it comes to muscle growth and hypertrophy, depleting those glycogen stores, putting your time under tension in place. The amount of volume is really important. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of bodybuilders, you know, that are out there, like iconic ones, you know, all the way to, to new age that, I mean, they attest to just massive amounts of volume and not a lot of weight, right? Um, just by burning themselves out to failure, they're able to get the size and volume that they're able to accomplish with that, you know, versus kind of the, the powerlifting mentality, which is going to be predominantly on strength. Now, again, I like the, I like the blend. I like being strong. I like being uh, big. 
So, you know, I, I definitely try to focus on high compound or heavy compound movements at first, switching out to burning the muscle out and failure um, as I go along. Just an example, uh, uh, yesterday, I couldn't walk up the steps. You know, that's that's a good example of failure, right? I mean, my legs are shaking. Like an, an elevator put in the gym, <laughs> right? I need to get that put in. <laughs> so, anyways, good, good, good example there. Um, I think a quick, a mean, quick note yeah. on, on failure there, because you know, I think that we talk about this a bit willy nilly. Like, don't go into the gym first day and just push everything to failure. Like, it is a learned skill. Um, you know, if you're new to the gym, you will get massive gains just by actually going and training. And you'll also progress a lot quicker than somebody who has trained for a long period of time. So it is a process to actually get to there. You do have to learn what it actually feels like. And like you said, not just the like the safety mechanism that your mind has that it says, I actually don't really feel comfortable this now. Let's stop. But actually your body can do that a little bit more. So, you know, it's even as, you know, when he said when whenever you put me through hell on the uh, hack squat machine when we were in dragon's lair it's like understanding what it takes and like the i guess the mental thing the mental battle the mental place that you need to go to like all of that is something that you learn over time don't expect to go in gym first day and be like right hack squat five plates each side we're going to failure it's like that's yeah it's a recipe for disaster yeah well, that, 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 it's that, that's an incremental buildup too. Like when you first um, start lifting, if you're going on a training program with you, Ben, you'll, you always say focus on lightweight first, first and getting the form down, right? Because, you know, you don't know how heavy you can lift. It's a building up and ramping up period, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, though, let's just say you, you put on, you know, 225s and you're doing a barbell back squat, right? And you're doing 50 pounds or, uh, you know, uh, 95. So 25, 25, and then 45 with the bar. You know, you're doing those and, and it's feeling good and you knock out 12 to 15 of those. Well, cool. You know, next week I'm going to do, um, you know, put 10 pounds on each side, maybe I get to 10, right? So I, I'm starting to feel the weight, but I'm starting to get comfortable with the weight as I'm going down. And I'm starting to build my form up and getting feedback and critiques as I start to do it. And then you start to build up a good example. You had sent me the, the deadlift form that we did a couple of years ago. And I think I had two, you know, 45s on the side. So it was like 135 pound deadlifts, right? And, you know, but I was just starting off getting form technique, everything else. And, and, you know, now I'm close to the 600 mark on, on deadlifts, right? So it's, it's, it's that gradual progression and increasing, but you always want to try to be increasing your weight once you have good form, because that's what's going to allow you to blow through plateaus and also get you the desired results. Again, slowly, one to two pounds of muscle per, per month um, over time. But you should always be shooting for you know either volume increase uh, or weight increase. So either amount of reps, uh, amount of sets, uh, or the amount of weight that you're putting onto those in order to um, maximize your goals and objectives from, from a strength building perspective. Yeah, and one of the reasons, just to, I guess, give a bit of the why behind it, one of the reasons that I start with sort of lighter weights, higher reps initially is because it takes time to actually learn like how your body moves and how you contract the muscle. And by doing the reps, the more reps that you do, the more repetitions you do, the more chances and opportunities that you have to actually learn that. So instead of everybody going in and just doing like six reps of everything you, it will take you longer to learn what that feels like versus doing you know four three or four sets of 10 to 15 yes okay it sucks and you know doing anything for 15 reps sucks and I'm, i hate it because it's at that point it's cardio but you know at the start whenever you have the capacity to do it and you have the sort of lower muscle mass you have the potential to do it and recover but it's just a, a learning process probably more than anything else and i think that people maybe don't take that into consideration that they actually need to learn how to move probably more than anything else yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, um, you know, for for me, uh, when I'm when I'm doing certain um, ranges and feeling kind of the weight itself, and when I do a new uh, set of weights, uh, I'm very careful on how I do it. Now, I still rely on my form, but at the same time, like 
do I know that that's a weight that I can handle, especially for things like squat? Very scary. Uh, squats are very scary to me. Um, deadlifts are great because I can just put it down, right? You know, pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. Very easy. Squats, you have a shit ton of weight on your back that literally some dude just died recently, mm-hmm. you know, from a squat. You know, obviously not, not, not practicing um, a lot of safety. So squats are, are, are really scary to me, especially for my back, my ankle, my legs, my knees. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in a squat if you don't have proper form. So, you know, a lot of times when I'm coming down, I'm, I'm feeling the weight, you know, I'm testing it and testing my body to see what I can do. And maybe I'm a little bit more reserved than I should be. Uh, and I should, you know, test out the failure, get my safety straps up a little bit more and seeing, you know, how far I can actually go down. If I can't get back up, then fine. But, you know, it, to me, I have a little bit of, of reservation there. Now, what I'll say is that, you know, again, back to bro science, you know, everybody says, well, the, the back squat is, is superior to everything else. And, and the truth of the matter is, well, what's your objective? Um, if your objective is strength, you're probably right. If it's coming to muscle fatigue, volume and muscle hypertrophy, you're definitely wrong. Uh, the hack squat seems to be one of the most superior um, quadricep focused, uh, isolated movements that you can do. Um, so it takes out a lot of the back support, although you, you still do have um, back loading. But the range of motion and the focus on quadriceps with hack squats scientifically has been shown. Uh, there's a study, uh, there's been numerous studies that have, have looked at hack squat versus squats themselves, have the same type of engagement um, as a squat, but a very heavy load and focus and range of motion. Uh, on the quadriceps themselves, which load them more than a traditional back squat because you're taking into account back and everything else. So if your focus is to blow out your quads, especially from a volume and endurance perspective, hack squat is going to be one of the best exercises uh, that you can ever possibly do. That and leg extensions to me are the two main ones for just blowing your legs up and your quads. If you want to have big quads, leg extensions, hack squats all day long. I wouldn't even touch uh, back squats, to be honest with you. Well, I think that- if that's your goal. If if that's your goal, yeah, and I did hack squat this morning, and I can confirm it sucks. Um, it does suck. Not, but, not as bad as pendulum squats. F those yeah, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, very F-O. true, very, very true. I'm not, I'm not even doing those. F them. I don't care. <laughs> um, but the, th- the thing about it is, you know, if you think about whenever you're doing a movement, the essentially the less things that you need to think about and the more focused it can be, the better that you will get from that, if that makes sense. So like you're saying, you don't need to worry about stability as much in a hack squat. You don't need to worry about supporting the weight because you just move on the runner. You don't have a lot of lower back loading as long as you're pressing the back against the machine. So it can be a lot more focused, whereas on a normal back squat, you have to know that you know the weight could literally crush you. So um, there's a lot more stability, which provides its own benefits. Um, but understanding when to sort of program and, and what to utilize. Um, I'm not a fan of normal barbell squats. Um, I don't know if I would say that I'm a fan of hack squat, but I definitely prefer it over a normal barbell squat for sure. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I mean, and I do enjoy um, the back squats because it's actually um, a relatively new uh, movement for me because I've always either done, you know, safety squats or uh, squats on the Smith machine, which everybody gives shit for. I love the Smith machine. Uh, I, I listen to Mind Pump and they're, shit, they're shitting all over Smith machines. Um, you know, and, and, and that's fine, but, you know, it's a comfortability thing. And, and here's the thing who cares what it looks like or if it's a crutch in the sense of, oh, it's not the traditional barbell back squat. If it allows you to, to hit your muscles in a way that you're not getting injured, it allows consistency and form and allow you to feel the weight where you have a safety net there, then why are we talking about that as being a negative thing, right? Um, there's this, um, there's always this, uh, this meme that pops up in my Instagram thing. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a guy that's basically about to put a, he's on a Smith machine. And he's about to put this, uh, 
pad on it so that he can put the pad <laughs> on his back. And then it's like, bitch, 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 bitch. God coming down and saying that, right? And he like takes it off really fast, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, if, if it's a comfort thing for you, then who cares what, what everybody else is thinking? And now, I have the same thing with adductor and abductors, right? I don't like going to a gym and, you know, being in a vulnerable position there, you know, based on how I'm going to look. So, you know, thank God I'm getting one in my house now. Uh, so I don't have to tell anybody about it or show anybody about it. I'm definitely not taking any videos of me doing that. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what is your goal? Who cares what other people say about it? It's about you progressing and being forward. So if you're, if you're not comfortable with barbell back squats, use a Smith machine or use hack squats. You know, if you aren't comfortable with hack squats, do something different. So whatever you're trying to do, it's all about that volume, time under tension, and, and making that, that, that fatigue in your muscles so that we grow and build in strength and size. And uh, who cares about anything else out there, right? Well, I think it's it just comes down to stop caring about what other people think. You know, if it yep. if it allows you to move towards your goal and you're comfortable with it, and it's something that you enjoy in the loosest sense of the term, like then all for it. Do you know what I mean? And that it's 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 back to the building the thing out for you and not just doing the norm. Do you know what I mean carving your own path with it? And people think that they need to do bench press because fucking. It's the, I will say this though, anytime I'm given an example of a movement, I'm talking about tempo or I'm talking about range of motion, you saw me do it earlier, like I'll talk about bench press because it's the first thing that comes in my head, but it doesn't mean you need to do bench press. Um, so yeah, find what works for you, find what works for you in terms of your body. Um, also availability I've completely, of equipment. I completely eliminated um, barbell bench press. I'm not barbell. Um, uh, yeah, barbell bench press, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've completely eliminated that from my, my workout routines just because, you know, I would always, even with a kabuki bar, I don't do that anymore either. I, I've just found I, I prefer dumbbells. I have more control over dumbbells. Uh, they uh, feel better on my chest from an exercise perspective, and I don't get the strain uh, on my shoulders um, like I do with barbell bench presses and everything else and, and, and shoulder injuries. So, yeah. you know, for me, um, it's been literally I, I, I haven't touched a barbell or a kabuki bar on the bench in six months or four months. Four I, months? My, yeah. my preference is uh Incline Smith machine. I know it's still a straight bar, but I think it's just a movement that I really enjoy if I can get the setup right on it. And it's a nice Smith machine. And yes, okay, give me shit for using the Smith machine, whatever. But again, yeah. you know, we've talked about reverse banding and being able to sort of adjust yep. where you feel the tension and, and how it works. But I did those. I was actually at that point in the session on Monday. I was like, this feels really good. Like I'm into this. Um, so just stuff that you enjoy. And again, it's just a time thing. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's taken me a while yeah. to. I'm not saying that there's anything that I would go, fuck that. I'm not doing that because this way, you know, I would always do it. But there are things that I find for myself are more beneficial, whether it's a case of I'm just feeling more comfortable in the movement or it's better for my body or I know I can move more weight in it, whatever. Um, yeah, I just have my go-tos in that. Yeah. Well, getting on to another topic here on bro science, um, there's another article here that I really liked. Um, and this is from elpass.com. Uh, and I'll send the... Uh, um, the uh, uh the link to this but there's uh it was a really great article that i liked because it's it's um basically the title of it's beware of gym bros science debunks the myth of strength training gurus right and i think this is what we're talking about this whole podcast which is you know there's there's a lot of people out there with opinions and a lot of those opinions were forged from either old data no data at all what their friends told them what they thought you know happened to see a, a blurb or an article or a, a hot hot take on something um, so you really need to be careful of the type of information you do. Um, one of these ones here uh, that I thought was really interesting, and, and this is uh, a very common uh, conception, which is, uh, and I'll read the, 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 the paragraph here, 
A gym bro will tell you to be careful when you stop training because muscles can turn into fat. Nothing is further from the truth. Scientific evidence is clear that in this regard, that fat and muscle are tissues with different structures and functions. Muscle is made up of muscle fibers that can increase in size, i.e. muscle hypertrophy, with scheduled training and decrease in size if training ceases. Again, muscle hypertrophy. Uh, fat cells can increase in size when they are when there is an increase in caloric intake. What often happens is that the gym bro consumes more calories when training, compensating for the caloric expenditure due to exercise. But when they stop training, they continue to consume the same amount of calories, therefore generating an increase in fat cells as the period of inactivity occurs. Uh, and this is just, I love that art. I love that, that set, that, that paragraph because it's all, you know, at the end of the day, all we're talking about in fitness, if you want to lose weight, you eat less calories or you burn more calories and you stay with the same kind of consumption, right? It's, it's just, it's simple. You know, thermogenics of our bodies. Our bodies have a, what we call total daily energy expenditure, with which you know consumes a certain amount of calories a day based on our level of activity. Uh, and if we eat more calories than we burn, we turn those immediately into fat stores, and it makes perfect sense. Our bodies like to store fat because it's an easy one-to-one ratio of energy in our body. So if we have a month where we don't have food because it's a bad winter storm or, you know, there's no animals, we just suck at hunting. You know, these are the things that our bodies will do to ensure that we can still survive as a human species perspective. Now, obviously it didn't, you know, our bodies didn't take into consideration how fast we would evolve and have access to readily available food all the time. Right. Didn't take into consideration Uber Eats. Yeah. Yeah. It did not. (laughs) Our bodies were like, oh man, it just, Uber Eats just came out. We're good. Like, stop storing <laughs> fat, right? You know, um, and you know. So, but what I do find interesting is that we evolved in our brains to be able to combat this, right? So, if you look at like semaglutide, for example, or uh, tirzepatide, so uh, Moderna or um, uh, Wagovi, the 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 weight loss mir- miracle drugs that everybody's talking about here. So, these are injections that um basically hit the the GLP-1 receptors in your bodies to basically say you're always full. Okay? So, when you eat food, um your your stomach sends a signal to your brain saying, "Hey, I'm no longer hungry. Stop eating," okay? Uh in a lot of obese people, that signaling is actually messed up, which is why they continuously continue to eat. They never get that full sensation as they go and do it. With those two instruction sets of um uh, the peptides, it basically sends those instruction sets up to our brain basically saying, "Hey, we're full all the time." So, while we didn't evolve uh biologically from a um, fat store perspective, we did evolve brain-wise to combat the evolution that we had in the amount of food that we can store. So I find it interesting that our brains um, are architecting ways for us to evolve because our bodies can't catch up with it and the food that we have out here. But I'm not saying you should just be, you know, injecting uh, these things for weight loss. You need to understand, you know, less food equates to weight loss. More food equates to weight gain. And your muscles, you don't lose essentially the muscles, but your muscles will dwindle in size, you know, after you, because if you, if you don't need it, if you're not lifting weights where your body's like, well, why do I need to have this ad- um, additional calorie burn? I'd rather put that, you know, to fat stores and have less calories so that I can live longer, right? It makes perfect sense. So if we're not lifting weights, our bodies are like, well, I don't need to lift weights anymore. It's not part of my daily job or my routine to support my tribe, to support my community and my family, to go out and forage for food. I'm good. So. I need to shrink down um, my my physique and my muscles, and you know, which is going to thus turn down my calorie intake. The more muscle you have, the more calories you burn. Therefore, you know, you you shrink in size. But that takes weeks and weeks and weeks, by the way, for that process to start. Um, so even if you're just doing a little bit of active things, uh, push ups, things like that, your muscles are still going to be um, engaged. They won't drop. Um, so and, and by the way, you also 
if you stop and you've lost all that, your muscles actually remember what it needed to be at in order to hit your current maintenance. They're smart like that. And they'll actually grow much faster uh, than anybody else. So if you if you did weight training early in your you know teenager years or you know early twenties and you stop for ten years, your muscles you have a much better chance of of becoming substantially larger, much faster because of that training before uh, in the past. Well, my question is, if you're not lifting weights, what the fuck are you doing? Why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, all, might all have, all the, the amount of times <laughs> we've talked about the benefits to the longevity of your life, like why are you not lifting weights? Do you know what I mean? The secret to your muscles not getting smaller and your body going through that process is just continue to lift weights. You know, what's crazy is, is how the science is really shaping around resistance training and that resistance training is being shown in multiple occasions of being so much superior to longevity than cardiovascular training. You know, uh, you are still working out your heart. You are still working out, you know, blood. You're, 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 you're adding bone density. You're adding muscle mass. You live longer, right? You know, it was always thought you have to be in good cardiovascular shape to live longer. It's actually the opposite. Well, I'm going to be wrong. It's not the opposite. You still want to have good cardiovascular health. But it's, it's, it's actually resistance training that is the superior form of, of health that is showing in all of these studies now that we thought, you know, hey, it's all about cardio, all about cardio. It's not. I mean, cardio is great. Don't get me wrong. Still need cardio. You need you need good health and heart support. But as you get older, maintaining muscle mass and bone density is gonna be some of the most important things you can do to stay alive. I agree. Like that. All right, the next one to stretch or not to stretch. That is the question. <laughs> so we're always taught to stretch, right? You know, before we work out, gotta stretch, gotta make sure everything's good. And when I was in the Marines, uh, we had to do the same thing. Before we would do PT, we'd stretch, right? It turns out it has no effect at all. Uh, so let's read this first. Let me, let me rephrase that. The, the tra- traditional inactive slash passive stretching has no effect. Here we go. Uh, scientific evidence also, or so the stretch or not stretch. Scientific evidence also clarifies whether or not you should stretch between sets and exercises or before. Passive low intensity stretching does not produce beneficial changes in muscle size and structure, whereas uh, stretching involving tension with loads or muscle activation can lead to increased muscle mass, i.e. hypertrophy. A professional trainer can tell you the best way to train according to your needs and time. Stretching before exercising helps prevent injury due to excess muscle tension. Regarding its passive or dynamic use, it will depend on the type of training. Active dynamic stretching is better uh, to prepare the muscles for high-intensity efforts, while passive stretching helps to improve flexibility and range of motion. Again, a gym bro should not bypass common sense and alter the training routine. You, you always have to stretch, but depending on the effort required of the session. So it's not saying stretching is, is bad. But if you're doing high intensity, i.e. resistance training, those types of things, you want to be focusing more on the range of motion, the type of exercise that you're doing versus the actual stretching itself uh, motion. So if I'm doing deadlift, you know, that's why you'll commonly see warm up sets, right? So a warm up set with, you know, you know, just the bar, maybe 245s on the side, just to feel the range, get my muscles working, get my hip flexors going, uh, start to, 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 prime my muscles to be in that type of, of position. And then from there, gradually adding on and feeling the weights as you go along or else you just go up to the weight, you know, throw 600 pounds on deadlift and then lift up. It doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, that's where you're prone to injury. So doing the, the more dynamic stretches, things that will prepare your muscles and warm them up. Definitely good. That's why a lot of times people will say, you know, before you actually go and lift, you know, do like five minutes of cardio, not high intensity cardio, but something that's going to get you to at least break a sweat. So it raises your body temperature and your body's basically primed to go uh, from an exercise perspective. Whereas if you're doing something like cardiovascular work, you know, stretching beforehand may be beneficial more on the passive side 
to allow you to be able to get to the goals that you need to. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny, whenever you mentioned stretching, like I remember back to having to do my practical exam whenever I qualified to be a personal trainer and they go through all that and you're like, you know, it's, it's such a fake setup of what a real world PT session would be like. And truthfully, like I never did it the way that they map it out whatsoever, but obviously it's the curriculum that they have to go over. And then it was like passive stretching. I'm like, I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to do this. And one of the other things was, um, about the had to do a silent demonstration. I remember it was the weirdest thing. So like if I brought you over and we were like, right, pec deck, I'm like, this is the pec deck. It works your pecs. And then I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to do you a movement and I do it silently. And then I talk through it. And I'm like, what the fuck sort of reality is that? Like, who is ever going to, like, who is ever going to pay me money to do that? To, like be silent on the machine. It's the weirdest thing. But anyway, yes, in terms of stretching, I think this is why I prefer warm up sets. Um, so yes, you can do a small amount of cardio to warm your body up. Like it, warm up is to essentially heat your body up so that, you know, you're not prone to injury in that way. But I prefer warm up sets because not only will it get the blood flow in the muscle and sort of prime the muscle for the movement, it will also like signal to your central nervous system that, okay, this is what we're doing now. Um, and again, sort of prepare it. So yeah, that, that would be my preference. Yep. Same here. Um, and then the last one, uh, before we wrap up here, uh, strength for children and adults. So I was always taught that you don't want to introduce kids uh, to resistance training early on because um, it will A, stunt their growth, B, you know, mess their muscles up, C, cause injury. Uh, turns out that is also not accurate. So um, here's the latest here. Some believe that children should not perform strength training as it will reduce their growth. This is a myth. The American uh, Academy of Pediatrics released a 2008 guide on the benefits of strength training in children and adolescents, and there's been a number of other reports and research observed in this as well. The report observes that strength training improves children's muscle strength and reduces injury as long as the exercises uh, are supervised by professionals in physical education classes and extracurricular activities. Finally, we must not forget our elders. It is commonly believed that older uh, that the older someone is, the less strength uh, training they should be should, they should be doing. Strength training has multiple benefits for your health. It reduces uh, sarcopenia, uh, muscular weakness, uh, and a loss of mobility. Anyone should start with low loads and volume in order to progress to exercises to of moderate uh, uh, to high intensity. It has also been observed that for older uh, folks, multi-component training, which includes strength work, can improve their physical condition. It is important to banish the idea of strength training as an exclusionary associated with gym bros. Strength training is recommended for children the elderly, pregnant women, the chronically ill, and more. The key is to put yourself in the hands of a professional who knows how to guide your routine. I think that's such an important statement because, you know, you're never too old to start. You can start at any time. doesn't matter if you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, 90 years old. Uh, my grandma, my great-grandma, for example, died at 102 years old. Uh, she would smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, uh, and she would go and walk like five miles at like 99 and she'd go bowling uh, on a bowling league twice a week. 99 years old. You know, like, fantastic, right? You know, uh, amazing generation, obviously, from smoking packs of cigarettes to... I mean, these are, like, unfiltered, too, like, menthols. I'm like, geez, great, Graham, what are you doing here? Um, I was actually... But, uh, I had a call with a guy yesterday, yeah. um, Jason. A real good call with him. Uh, he said he's listened to every po every podcast episode, so appreciate that. But uh, he was talking about... He goes back to the gym in the evening and spends some time in the, the sauna and the steam room with uh, older guys that still lift... Um, he said, "There's guys that are like 75 and 80. They still ain't killed." He was like, "That's what I want." It's like I'm, I'm not thinking about the, I'm not thinking about the short term results. It's like, how can I still do this in 40 years so that I can be the inspiration yes. to the people behind? I'm yes. like, that, 
Like, I, I want to be that person. Do you know what I mean I want to be 70, 80 still in the gym? I don't know if I'll be lifting the same weights that I do now. But whoa, 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 whoa. More. Whoa, I'll be lifting more, more, is what I'm saying. More, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll not be lifting the same. Yeah, they'll yeah, they'll yeah. be higher. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's cool to see that, you know, it's that thought process and it, it comes back again to not to always talk about Hermosi, but, you know, he says instead of thinking about years, thinking decades, do you know what I mean? Like, what can I, where can I be in 10 years? Like, what will that look like in 10 years' time? Yeah, it's, it's those things that, you know, the, the misnomers and misconceptions that at a certain point in time you have to give up, right? And that's not true. You don't ever have to give up. Now, you know, maybe I'm not deadlifting, you know, 605 pounds when I'm 80. I'll be deadlifting 700, 800. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, continuously staying active, being out there, dedicating time to yourself, all the things that we talk about, you know, day in and day out here uh, on the podcast and what we're seeing from, you know, the latest research, the latest, um, you know, data that's coming out there. It is the most beneficial thing you can do to live longer. So if you want to live longer, lift weights, period. Now, uh, women, you're not going to get massively bulky and huge and, and massive if you're doing resistance training. That, again, is a misnomer. Um, and and you, you can definitely tone and look more uh, uh, physically fit, but you're not going to get massive shoulders and, you know, massive quads and things to that effect, right? You know, it's just we're built differently in many senses based off of testosterone and everything else. Uh, unless you're using, you know, performance enhancing drugs, then you can absolutely get uh, to yes. how large you want to get. Um, there are some very big women that are much larger than me that the one at Dragon's Lair, my God, yeah, she was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She uh, was actually training so in torture gym as well. Yeah, yeah. She was, she was, there was a, a couple of, they're obviously like professional bodybuilders, but yeah, it, it, yeah. I respect the work that goes into it. It yes. makes me laugh whenever people say, and I actually, again, had a call with a girl, um, Laura, this week, and she says, you know, I know that, you know, generally females say that they don't want to get big and bulky. She's like, I'm not against it. And I was like, like full transparency, the big and bulky thing. Like I've actively been trying to get big and bulky for almost 10 years. It's not something that happens by accident. Do not worry. Right. Yes. You don't have to worry about getting just so large that, you know, you're going to get a look. Like do two press ups and you're the fucking stand up and you're like the Hulk. Like I wish. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, but, I, but this is dispelling a lot of the, you know, uh, things that, that people have been taught before in the past. Right. And, and I think that's really important for us to be able to, uh, dispel that and to, to help people out with, with understanding what's real, what's not, you know, the latest, you know, science. And, and here's the thing, like one thing that we say today may change completely tomorrow based mm -hmm. off of new data that we get. Right. And that's the cool part I think about this is that, you know, you look at, at a lot of the research that's going into, and there's a lot of specialized fields just around physical fitness and growth and things to that effect. And um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this field continuously progresses. But, you know, um, there was a, you know, Dr. Lane Norton just released a new new study. And, you know, just there's new research being done all the time. And we're learning new things all the time. Uh, one of the things that there's a new Human Labs podcast, and I haven't mentioned him in a while. Um, there's a new Human Labs. Yeah. About grounding. And I do want to do some research on this. Uh, are you familiar with grounding? Yeah. So, you know, basically going barefoot onto Earth mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, feeling the earth and kind of doing that type of thing. There's actually some decent data and science behind that around how it stimulates your body uh, and uh, actually produces things like recovery and other things that are out there. Um, so I want to do, I want to listen to his latest podcast and I also want to do a little more research on it, but uh, that'd be something that I incorporate on top of, you know, my red light therapy on top of my sauna and your on cool top plunge. of everything else. Not not cold plunge. Um, listen, we had a conversation on the podcast. It's on the internet. No. You said you were going to do it. No. I know I'm kind of backing out though. Like, well, again, I, I tell I, you I this through, in the in the yeah. in the the coaching competition, 
the thing that you said you were going to do is is co-plunges. So every day that you don't do one is a deduction of points from this moment no, that, forward. That, 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 no, 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 no. I, think I never said better. I think well, no, no, no. We don't decide. We'll let the audience decide. Never, so anybody who's listening, anybody who's listening, anybody no, who's listening, listen, please, let here, please let us know. Please let us know. Please let us know that we think if Dave doesn't do a co-plunge every single day, it's a deduction of points. Are you just cheating because you're worried I'm going to beat you? No, no, no. I just these Listen, this is the way it goes. I'm the coach. <laughs> well, listen, hey, uh, another great podcast, um, you know, and uh, a lot of good stuff that we ran through. You know, again, our, our whole purpose here is to help the community. And I will say this last week, I don't know what it was, but this last week, um, I have seen so many people share their stories, new stories that I haven't seen before about weight loss, uh, about changing their their health um, and and really what we've been able to accomplish. And, and when I say we, it's everybody listening here. It's everybody sharing their stories. We're just a mechanism providing and facilitating it. But, you know, you're all out there doing the work, keeping people motivated, bringing people in, preaching about, you know, hacking your health. And uh, we're so appreciative of this community and, and everything we've been able to accomplish, especially in such a an industry that is focused on lack of sleep, alcoholism, you know, just t- tearing our bodies apart and not caring about nutrition and food. It's great to see folks of all ages be able to have a resource and, and, and people in the industry that have had success with this where we maybe have failed so many other times. And uh, this week, man, I just, there's so many different stories. Like, hey, I lost 70 pounds, 80 pounds. You know, I'm just starting. I lost 30 pounds. Hey, I did this and I did that. One idea and, and, I did you know, have in line with this, if there's a way that we could correlate this, that I don't know how the fuck we would do it. The total amount of pounds lost from everybody within the WeHack Health community, like that would be an insane number. If there's a way that everybody awesome. could share in some capacity, if we can put that together, because that would be an absolutely insane number. Yeah, agreed. Agreed for sure. Well, thanks for tuning in. You can always check us out on uh, We Hack Health on Discord. We have an awesome Discord community, discord.gg slash wehackhealth. Uh, great community there, sharing stuff, uh, motivating one another, progress photos, whatever. We have a women's only chat, a men's only chat. We have all of these different topics um, all around uh, keeping yourself and benefiting yourself. Uh, we have a, a chat on supplements. We have a chat on TRT. Uh, which, you know, if you've listened to last week's podcast, I'm now, um, you know, co-owner of IamHRT.com. Uh, so if you're interested in that type of stuff, I'm not trying to do a promo here, we, I guess I could or whatever, it's our podcast, but um, but I really believe in it. I think that's a big part of thing. I'm excited that I'm part of something that is helping people get better with their health and life and correct things where our, our medical system is failing. So um, I'm really excited about that one and about what we're doing here, but we'll catch you next week. Uh, same time, same place. And uh, that's it for us. See you next week.